This is episode 350 of The Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at a couple other Oscar hopefuls in King Richard and the House of Gucci. What will he think about them? Well, you just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Real Me and Cold the Movie Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. So uh, before I begin this episode, if you could please spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. Uh, you guys' support throughout all these years and weeks and just even this year when I've been aggressive more in the reviews and stuff, um, I just really appreciate everyone just tuning in and listening and just uh, keeping it on a consistent basis. You guys you guys rock. Um, and so, yes, uh, welcome to episode 350. Uh, like I said up at the top, I will be going over House of Gucci and King Richard. Now, House of Gucci didn't end up getting as many as people thought they would in terms of Oscar nominations, but I still wanted to check it out because I wanted to see if it was warranted. And also, it was one of the bigger films of last year that I missed. And of course, King Richard, which is, you know, sweeping with like Will Smith winning all these awards and of course like the surprise nomination of like Andre New Ellis and like um, editing, that was also a big surprise. So I wanted to check it out and uh, you know, it was also one of the ones I missed. So I was like, why not? So that is the topic of conversation on this week's episode. But before I begin, I must ask you every single time, how you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? Um, it is March. My dudes and dudettes, uh, I cannot believe that the first two months of this year were just gone by so fast that 2022 just wanted to make sure you didn't remember them whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, it is uh, at the time of this recording is March 2nd, absolutely crazy, and the Oscars are actually 25 days away, so we're getting pretty close. But you know, I, I've been loving doing this kind of like catch-up series for you guys and just reviewing all the ones that I missed from last year and just really preparing myself uh, for the Oscars and making it a more um, I guess enjoyable experience and more uh, uh, strategic experience knowing that I have seen most of the films so I can be like, okay, so I'm looking at the nominees, I'm going to see who I want to win, all that, etc. That's really exciting to me now because I've seen most of them. So um, yeah, so it's 25 days away. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, that's about it. You know, uh, we're just watching a bunch of shows, me and the wife, and we also might have something in the works for you guys. I have no idea what it is, but maybe we'll do it and find out. Um, but yes, uh, and then I'm seeing the Batman on Sunday at the time of this recording. And then I've already seen, uh, Pixar's film turning red, which, uh, premieres on Disney plus March 11th. I will have the, um, podcast review for you guys on the fifth or the 16th. Um, that would be episode 352, uh, cause 351 will be the Batman. That will be next week, but turning red. Turning, turning red, <laughs> turning red will be the week after. Um, so that is what I've been watching on for you guys. And then you guys will also get a mini review of Lucy and Desi, a documentary based on the lives of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz uh, that will hit Amazon Prime Video this Friday, March 4th. If you guys want to check out that review, that will drop tomorrow. But uh, yeah, that's all that's been going on. Uh, we watched the finale of Euphoria and haven't seen the finale of The Rice, uh, Righteous Gemstones yet. Um... We're watching Love is Blind. We're almost done with that with season two. And there is one particular person that is just absolutely awful to watch. And you're just thinking to yourself, oh my God, like where do they find these people? <laughs> so uh, this one is Shayna. That's her name. Woo, doggies. Uh, every time when she's on screen and she tries to talk and like worm her way out of situations when you know that she lied like two seconds before that, 
it's outstanding to see her just kind of fumble it. And she's doing it in front of millions of people too, so good for her. <laughs> but uh, yes, Love is Blind. Um, uh, I've been watching season or part four of Disenchantment. Uh, I haven't wa been watching Better Call Saul as of late. I need to start watching that because the final, final season is in April. And that's about it. I don't... Yeah, I haven't uh, been to like a theater in a, a few weeks now. Um, but the Batman will be my first one back in a long time on Sunday. So excited for that. But that's about it. But I, I want to know like, what are you guys up to? You guys uh, catching up on um, any shows or movies? I would like to know uh, what you've been up to. So uh, yeah, that's about it. And of course the SAG Awards uh, had their uh, ceremony this past uh, weekend. Let me pull up the list here. Uh, I missed it. I forgot where I was at, but uh, I heard about the, the winners and everything. And, you know, I don't really have any, I guess, stakes in the game when it comes to like, oh, this person won, which means they're definitely winning the Oscar. But it's a, it's a you know, it's a strong possibility now. So, like, if you get to, like, the uh, uh, winners in the films, from the TV here. Okay. So, Will Smith won for King Richard. It seems like at this point, since he's won everything else prior to that, he's going to win the Oscar. This could be an upset like last year, and maybe it could go to Denzel or uh, Andrew Garfield or Benedict Cumberbatch. But it seems like Will Smith has got this in the bag, uh, but him winning the SAG, it's doesn't solidify 100%, but it's going to get him pretty close. The shocking one was Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. She won for uh, Best Actress in a Leading Role. I Honestly, I thought they were going to give it to Olivia Colman, maybe Jennifer Hudson for Respect. I still haven't seen that. But uh, Lady Gaga was nominated for House of Gucci, and I don't think she should have won. But also, the surprise win of Jessica Chastain was... A surprise because I kind of liked the movie. I kind of liked the performances and the makeup and the hairstyling and stuff. So there was a lot to like about that movie, but I just didn't think with all the competition she would have any chance. But um, that was a surprise. Then we get into uh, uh, honestly, if I had to pick out of the five, I haven't seen Respect. That's the only one I haven't seen. But I'd probably go with Lost Daughter, uh, Olivia Coleman. For uh, outstanding performance by a male uh, actor in a supporting role, uh, Troy Kotzer won for Coda. I think uh, Troy Kotzer and Will Smith would be my guarantees right now in their respective categories uh, for lead uh, lead actor and uh, supporting role actor. Um, actor, I don't know why I said it like that, but anyways. Troy Kotzer winning for uh, Coda, amazing, amazing get. Um, he's wonderful in that film. I think everyone should check out Coda. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. But uh, that win, I think with him getting all this love everywhere else, him and Will Smith seem like the 90% uh, you know, guarantees at this point. So um, that's how I feel about that. And then actress in a supporting role, uh, is uh, Ariane DeBoss. I think she's also uh, pretty much a lock. I think she's the 100% lock for actress in a supporting role for West Side Story. Um, I did catch up with, you know, Kate Blanchett, Nightmare Alley. She's wonderful. Um, Catriona Balfi in Belfast was fine. Uh, Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog was uh, pretty great. And then Ruth Nega for Passing was also uh, a great 
nomination because I, I did watch that. I thought she did a fantastic job, but I think Ariane DeBoss, she's the 100% lock in my eyes. So I think her, Troy, and Will are probably the three. I just don't know how lead actress is going to sway. And then, of course, their version of Best Picture, uh, by Outstanding Performance by a Cast. Uh, the nominations were Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, House of Gucci, and King Richard. Coda won. Um, that is amazing. I think that's about as far as it's going to go. I don't think it has any chance, unfortunately, with the Oscars winning Best Picture. If it won Best Picture or if Drive My Car won Best Picture, I would be ecstatic. Uh, I absolutely love Coda, um, but I'm going to keep it realistic. I think the only chance it's got for Oscars is Troy winning for Supporting uh, Actor. But if it won Best Picture and did like this huge upset... I would be ecstatic. I, I would be as ecstatic as when Parasite won and when Moonlight won. So I, it would be on that level for me. So that's kind of my thoughts on the SAG. Like I said, it doesn't really guarantee anything, but it gives us a, a better, a clearer look into who will probably win. Um, but I think Troy, Will are like a 90% at this point, And I think Ariane DeVos is 100% lock. I think that one is pretty much uh, going to be taken by her. So that is your SAG Awards, ladies and gentlemen. And so that will do it for the, the preamble of this show. Let's dive into these reviews. And so I think the first one I want to do is House of Gucci. And does it, um, you know, is it warranted with all of its uh, Oscar snubs and all this stuff? Um, yeah, so when we come back from the break, uh, just tune in and you'll find out all those answers. See you soon. <music> And welcome back from the first break. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about House of Gucci. Now, when I was making my podcast episode list for February, I put uh, King Richard and House of Gucci in the same um, camp because I was like, all right, that will be uh, another Oscar-type episode because House of Gucci's program will probably be nominated for all this stuff. It is not. It's only nominated for makeup and hairstyling. So, but I wanted to continue with my plan because it is technically nominated and it was talked about and like now I'm going to review it and like just kind of talk it out and see if like maybe some of the snubs were warranted or if they were not, like all that stuff. But I really wanted to check it out because obviously it was a, a, a film that a lot of people talked about on the Twitter timeline and I just wanted to catch up with it. So it's from uh, director Ridley Scott who did two films last year. I did see The Last Duel though. Uh, this one tells the story of Patricia Reggiani, an outsider from humble beginnings that marries into the Gucci family. Her unbridled ambition begins to unravel their legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of be betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately murder. So you can tell from the way I'm dressed, I'm not a fashion dude. I don't know much about any high High fashion, Gucci, Versace, Dolce & Gabbana. I don't know any of that stuff. I don't know anything about their backstories. Don't even know what the clothes look like half the time. So I am not the person that like knows anything about this. So like, I'm watching this all unfold for the very first time. I remember seeing a trailer for it and I was like, I, it's fine, I guess. Um, but with Ridley Scott doing two films in one year, that's super ambitious. I have nothing but respect for the guy. Uh, for doing that because that's really hard to pull off um so for this one are this 
the uh, Oscar snubs warranted for this film? Actually, yes. I don't think this film really deserves much in the Oscars. Makeup and hairstyling, sure, I can agree with that. Um, especially with anything from the hairstyling of like Lady Gaga and Adam Driver to the makeup and just wild hairstyle of Jared Leto. I can see that being nominated in that category. Was Lady Gaga snubbed uh, for this film? I don't think so. Um, I think it's fine. It's a fine performance. I prefer, I prefer her more in like a star is born. And Jared Leto's borderline caricature. Um, Adam Driver's also just fine. Al Pacino, fine. Jeremy Irons isn't even in it that much. Selma Hayek, once again, like I get her role in the story and like how it kind of played out towards the end, but like honestly, okay. It was just kind of a mediocre film. I'm going to be honest with you. So I don't think it got snubbed of anything. And I think uh, Ridley Scott made a better film last year with The Last Duel. I think that should have been nominated for way more than this. Um, so, yeah, I, I I didn't know what I was going to expect while watching this. But for people saying, you know, the runtime really brings it down to the over-the-top performances, to just how boring it is, to it not being as engaging, I was really dreading watching it. But I wanted to see it and see what all the hype was about. And I kind of agree with the majority of people. It's just kind of okay. Um, it's a very competent film. Uh, I don't think there's really necessarily anything wrong with it. It's just kind of like it tells the story in two hours and 40 minutes, but also feels like it's shortchanged a little bit. Um, I would much rather see this as a series. Now, I could be an idiot right now and not really realize that there is a series based on this out there, but I would have much rather seen everything a little bit more fleshed out and have us a little bit more emotionally connected to everything going on, whether it be the betrayal or the romance or the the murder or the the espionage or the you know people backstabbing, like all that stuff. It like it was played out correctly, but I just don't think it has had much of an impact as Ridley Scott or the writers wanted it to happen. It just it was just kind of like that's nice, and I never felt like I was invested in anything that I was watching because also I think what really hinders it is the performances. I think everyone's kind of mid. Throughout the entire film. Lady Gaga's got a couple scenes that I was like, okay, she's finally getting into the rhythm of it, but we only got 30 minutes left. And yes, everyone's making fun of Jared Leto um, and his <laughs> Italian-American stereotype accent. It's goofy for sure. I, you know, <laughs> God bless him, I guess, right? So <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. It's like, it's the type of thing that it didn't really, it's not really what bothers me. Um, because he and Al Pacino are a father and son in the movie. They don't have that much of a role in it. They technically do in the story, but like it's just so weird because they, they only have like minimal scenes throughout the film. So he wasn't in it that much for it to bother me. This was mainly about Lady Gaga and Adam Driver's storyline. Um, but yeah, I, I thought his performance was... Yeah, it, it was goofy for sure, but it didn't really bother me. But yeah, I just think there is a, there is a coldness about it. There is something that really kind of pushed me away and I didn't I wasn't really sucked in at any moment uh, to where I really wanted to care about what was going on what I was watching like I said was fine it's just I never felt like I was in it 100% and that could be because everyone was trying to do a terrible accent or there wasn't that many like powerful acting moments to really get us uh, into a sense of these characters I don't know what it was but it felt really cold very just kind of mid in my eyes 
Um, and I, I know really Scott created a fine movie, but like, it's like, you know, it's not really my cup of tea. I don't really want to watch this again. Um, I will say production design wise and costume makeup and hairstyling, that's all fantastic. Cause they are, they are jumping to three decades, uh, seventies, eighties and nineties. I thought everything was handled really well in terms of dressing up the era and making us feel lavish and rich and just decadent because that's what this uh, this family's all about. They're all about the rich lifestyle and just making it feel over the top and lavish. And I really enjoyed that. And then when you cut to like Jared Leto and Al Pacino scenes, it's a little bit more stripped down. They're in like kind of a farmhouse and they're still, they're still very rich, but like not as flashy as like um, the main Gucci's because uh, they are uh, uncle and... Um, uh, nephew Gucci. So yeah, I really like the way this film um, uh, looks and is dressed and how everyone just fits into their costumes and, and the, the hair and everything. And they, they really get a sense of the, the visual look of what this story can be. I think it was just mainly more the meat of the story, the characters and the emotional connection to all of them and just making us even care ever so slightly. So I think like I said, really, Scott kind of did a 50-50 job where it's like, I think he dressed the movie appropriately. It looks really lavish. It's it's really um, vibrant and just decadent on screen, but it felt empty. It felt cold. It didn't feel like it had the type of development or fleshing out of the situations or characters to make us even care about the eventual murder at the end where it's just kind of like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, um, so really, Scott, I, I appreciate the effort. Um, I just, like I said, I, I think out of the two, The Last Duel was my favorite from last year. Absolutely. And like I said, performance-wise, everyone just kind of is fine. Um, the accents are pushing it into cartoonery uh, territory. I don't. That's not even a word. Uh, but um, but yeah, I think Lady Gaga is the only one I think actually like really sells her character in a couple scenes where I was like. This is it. This shows the character's ambition and drive to get what she wants, to get what she deserves, because she was the 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 go-getter out of excuse me, out of the two. You saw that drive and that fire in her eyes. And if you crossed her path, she was going to obliterate you. I felt the intensity slightly in a couple of scenes because of the way she delivered her lines and just the way she emoted her face and just the the soul leaving her body when the, she had to make like some really just terrible and sometimes rough decisions. There were moments, fleeting moments of good acting there. And I know she can do it because Stars Born is very good. It's a, it's a good case study to show people that she can actually do it. But there were moments where you can, you can see the evolution of her character and the evolution of her decisions and her thought process. And like, that was cool. Everyone else just fine. Um, I think the second most compelling character, maybe Jeremy Irons, because he's always really good in what he does in terms of the way he delivers lines, but he's barely even in it. So I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, Adam Driver does what he can and Al Pacino and just everyone else is just like, it's fine. Um, I honestly don't know what else to say. This is just kind of one of those films where I watched it because it was one of the films from last year. I want to see if like all of the uh, non-Oscar nominations were warranted. I think they are. It was just uh, it was an experience <laughs> knowing that um, you know House of Gucci and uh, 
uh, Last Duel came out in the same breath of last year. Just fascinating how different they are. And that will do it for my review of House of Gucci. Please let me know down below what you thought of the movie. And when we come back from the second break, we're going to talk about King Richard and how this is going to be a just dominating movie for Will Smith. And are the other Oscars that it's nominated for, are they warranted? Uh, you're going to find out all that from the second break. I'll see you then. And welcome back from the second break. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about King Richard. I was really excited to see this, especially with all the love and the praise that Will Smith has been getting. And especially with um, the surprise nomination from Anjanou uh, Ellis, um, who plays the wife in the film. She was also nominated uh, at the Oscars. And so I was like, oh, then this is, this is for sure going to be a winner. Um, and so if you don't know what this movie is about, it is a look at how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching from their father, Richard Williams. So uh, Will Smith plays their, their father. Uh, Anjanou uh, Ellis plays the mother. And so I was I was looking forward to it. Uh, absolutely. I just It was just one of those cases to where I missed it uh, and I, I had no excuse. <laughs> so I think I saw one trailer for it and I thought it looked uh, like a really cool inspirational uh sports drama and i watched it this is a really good movie and to be quite frank after watching it i think will smith has pretty much got it in the bag now i could be wrong and i think it it, it might go towards you know benedict cumberbatch uh in an upset or even andrew garfield in an upset but man what a compelling case for will smith to actually like win the award finally for this one what an emotionally charged performance and just a really just commanding type of performance i mean that's how will smith always does it he's always on screen he he grabs your attention he does not let go so um yeah i think his nomination is warranted so is uh Anjanou's, uh nomination even best picture and um uh sc i think screenplay and then editing was a surprising one and i think uh, after watching this i can see why um, it was nominated for Best Editing uh, amongst all the other editors um, in the industry. It's a really fast-paced movie, and it's got really interesting transitions between scenes that have to you know, do with like a lot of movement and just like whipping the camera out. It, it was really clever on how they shot and edited, edited this thing. And for a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie, I was, I was riveted from start to finish, and that has to do uh, with the editing and the performance and just how the story came together and how I was emotionally invested uh, with everything going on so this is a really good one and i honestly if i made a top 10 i don't know if it would be on there but it'd be like right outside of it definitely a top 20 this is a good one if you were if you guys were willing to check it out so uh director ronaldo marcus green i think what he did uh really great about this one was make this stand out make it something different from other sports biopics or um you know inspirational uh sports films or because this was, wasn't really about Venus and Serena. Yes, they are a component to the story, but this is about their father and how he was destined to coach them and guide them throughout life because he believed that they were something special, that they were superstars in the making, and he wanted to make that happen. And just having the conversations between uh, Richard and his wife, Richard and his girls, and 
just how he talked to everyone and how he was super charming, but he's also really smart and people tried to swindle him and he was not going to let that happen. And he was just a really loving father that wanted to do the best for them, but sometimes he'd be overbearing. And, you know, there's just so many uh, components to this person that it makes for a really well-written script. But also, this is based on a real-life person. So seeing him operate um, and coaching his daughters and, like, pushing them um, to success was really inspiring and just hearing all of his speeches throughout the film and like what it means for them to reach that goal that got me like especially uh when he was talking to uh one of them about how it would be important for them to be as big as they can be because it would be an inspiration to black girls everywhere and i was like that that's that's what you need to hear right there like that's that's the stuff that made me uh water in my eyes and i was just like <laughs> you know about to cry um and so i think uh i think uh director green here really kind of navigated a different type of story making us really uh follow the father and his journey his emotional baggage and um his uh his thought process and it was just a really fascinating character because like i said it feels like this, it was a fictional character that was just made up. Um, but no, this is based on a real-life person, which uh, adds a, a little bit more of emotional weight to it. And uh, like I said, the swiftness from the editing and just the story. and Like I said, I think uh, Ronaldo Marcus Green should get a lot more praise than um, uh, he is getting. Because uh, yes, everything that's been nominated for is warranted. But that's the man at the helm right there. And I think he did a fantastic job. Um I wouldn't mind watching this again. I, I had a really uh, good time with it, especially if like I wanted to show people like what Will Smith can do. I would I would pick this one out in a heartbeat. I would pick this one out. Pursuit of Happiness, a couple others um, that I really found him um, amazing in. This would be up there. Um, like I said, I really like the script, uh, the 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 speeches, the way the characters are all fleshed out, and the way they're written. It just it feels like this this real uh, uh, grounded sense. Uh, to the story, it, sometimes it feels like a documentary, which is amazing because that means all these actors and actresses are living in their performances and it really just brings out the dialogue in this kind of organic and natural way. And then, like I said, it was just a really compelling story because it told it from a different perspective, which was the father. So, And then, yeah, um, I mentioned the editing uh, beforehand is nominated for that. Rightfully so. It is, uh, it is one of the fastest two-hour and 24-minute movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I just, I loved how tightly edited it was. I was even paying attention to like the scenes on like when they would cut and it was just, it was perfect. Every single time the precision was so accurate. Uh, and like I said, some of the transitions were really cool with how, you know, um, one shot you'll have uh, Serena throw up a ball and then when it comes back down, it it's at Venus. And so like, it's just stuff like that. Like, you know, really just clever editing tricks that, you know, um, um, that we don't see or appreciate are there i can see it and i can understand why it was nominated the performances are absolutely wonderful um i'm gonna do will smith last just because um everyone's talking about him but i want to talk about everyone else uh supporting cast i really liked john bernthal what a different performance for him you know john bernthal has this kind of like quietness about him but also like this intensity that he can bring out at any moment that's probably why he's casted in a lot of like you know mobster and gangster films uh because he has the temper of one and how he can act but 
This one was different. This was more of like a mentor role. And I really uh, was hanging on every single word that he was saying because he also wanted the best for the girls. And I really liked um, uh, his performance quite a bit. And the two ladies, uh, Demi Singleton and uh, Sonia Sidney, um, they play Serena and Venus. Also really good because you cannot have a movie about their father if you can also not um, cast them properly and get the best performance out of them. It just doesn't work. And so they work really well together as a sister combo and also when they're interacting with their dad. Um, and they convinced me that they could play tennis at the highest level because uh, that's not Serena and Venus that we're watching. It's two you know, actresses, but like they were convincing enough to where I felt like I was watching the real Serena and Venus. And then Anjanu Ellis uh, plays the mother. There's a couple scenes where when she's talking to her husband, she she has to bring him down to earth sometimes and she has to ground him. Because sometimes he will just think uh, of like what he wants to do and he will just carry it without not really thinking about the consequences or like, you know, what could happen to other people that he's doing this to. He just wants to... Do what's best for his kids. He wants to, and you can understand that. You can uh, be empathetic towards what Richard is trying to do. But at the same time, he can be a little overbearing sometimes. He can be a little intense and aggressive and, you know, uh, uh, kind of get lost in the in like what he's trying to do. And so what I love about Ellis's performance is that, like I said, she grounds him. She has to do that. And there was several scenes where she's like telling him like, you are doing this for the wrong reasons. Like you're not letting Venus decide what she wants to do or Serena decide what she wants to do. You're doing this for them. And he's like, well, I believe that they're superstars. I want to do this. It's like, she gets that, but you have to let your daughter decide for herself type of deal. So it's conversations like that where you can understand like why their marriage works. You can understand why they work so well is because he is on this side and she is on this side, but they do meet in the middle several times and that makes for a great marriage. And that also makes out, uh, brings out the best performance out of both of them. And then of course, Mr. Will Smith being nominated, winning all these awards for his performance. A uh, little backstory. I, first time I was blown away and this might, you know, <laughs> just prove that I'm just the, just old, this old millennial that doesn't, uh, you know, uh, date anything beyond 1990, but I'll say it. When I saw Pursuit of Happiness for the first time, I thought to myself that this is the type of performance that will change your perspective on an actor. You know, at that point when it came out, I already saw like Hancock and of course Independence Day as a child. I knew him as an action star, a comedy star. He was just bigger than life. He was larger than life as a performer. To see him do something a little bit more stripped down, a little bit more bare bones type of performance where it's just this gritty, intense, emotional punch of a performance. I was like, he's going to get nominated, right? Like this, this is it. He's going to win this. He did not. So he's been trying over and over and over again to do those types of performances. But now it has led him to this where he is nominated and he's probably going to win. That's exciting. And what's really impressive about Will Smith's performance uh, is not only did I, I think he really nailed just all of the emotional scenes and just the timing of every single scene. It was also really getting into tune of what their father sounded like, how he walked, how he acted. 
he really did his research in, in figuring out how Mr. Williams um, was just him and just being himself and, you know, nailing down the, the correct, you know, uh, accent, like little accent that he had, which it's kind of hard to explain, but it, I think Mr. Williams had more of like a, like a higher pitch, like a, Hey, how's it going? Like, you know, almost like, um, I, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I think Will Smith, like did that in such a respectful way that it didn't seem like it was like making fun of him or whatever. Cause I, when he was starting out in the movie, I was like, Oh, that's an interesting, um, uh, you know, kind of little accent there. And so when they showed the footage at the end, he sounds just like that. So that just shows you the commitment that he has to the performance. But there were several scenes which are probably going to be used for his Oscar clips where he's talking to his girls and he is just really inspirational in the moment. And he really is just trying to get out like what he's trying to do. And like, you know, most of the film, he is this aggressive kind of overbearing parent. Doesn't really let his daughters uh, think for themselves or do anything like he's trying to control their their path to destiny but there was one particular scene where he's telling them like why he's doing it and like why he thinks when they're superstars that they could be an inspiration for for other black girls everywhere like that got to me and so it's stuff like that it's stuff when he's talking to the coaches and like um just the way he presents himself and the way he sells himself as uh the father of two people that most people have never even heard of but he's like no these are going to be the best tennis players in the world. You need to train them. Just the confidence he had and just the, the love he had for his daughters. Yeah. Yes. It is, um, different, uh, parental tactics that he's taking. Um, and there, there are points where he will frustrate you, but I can understand like why he is that way. And that just made him more of a level person in my eyes. So really, really great performance. I don't know else more to say. Uh, this is a really good movie, and uh, it is warranted for all its Oscar noms, so that's all I gotta say about it. And that will do it for my review of King Richard. Thank you for tuning in for both of those reviews. Let me know down below what you thought of The House of Gucci and King Richard. And that will do it for this episode of 350 of the Real Me and Cole in the Movie Podcast. Next week will be The Batman. And since I am releasing these during the week now, um, it gives you guys a chance to watch it on the weekend or if you've already seen it. That way, when you get to the, the episode when it drops next uh, Wednesday on the 9th, hopefully most of you will have seen it by then and we can all just talk about it and discuss it together. So that is my, my goal. So I will be doing full, just spoiler, you know, just whatever I want to talk about. So just, just be warned. But I think at that point, most of you guys will have seen it. So that is exciting because I'm really excited for the Batman. So that will be next week. Of course, the following week um, on the 16th, episode 352 will be Turning Red, the Pixar, excuse me, the Pixar film that I have seen um, that I'm under embargo for, um, but I'll have uh, that episode to you by then. That way you can watch it on Disney Plus over the weekend and we can talk about it together. So that will be the forecast of the next two episodes, but thank you for joining me on this one. You guys are awesome. Uh, I hope you guys have a great day or night whenever you're listening to this. And uh, yeah, that will do it for this episode of the Real Man and Cold Movie Podcast. I am Chase Lee, and I'll see you guys next week for another episode of this crazy podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.